0: Oh, blessing, blessing, Mary, Mary. There can be no argument that Mary received the greatest of all favours, the biggest of all blessings, to be the mother of Christ. Yet she didn't work for it. She didn't even ask for it. And the inconvenient truth of this great blessing is in her life. Her life was not so favourable, blessed by God. Yet her peers ridicule her. Blessed by God, and her fiancé comes close to leaving her. Blessed by God, and her son will soon be rejected, tortured, and murdered. Yet even through all of this, Mary is blessed. Her attitude is one of gratitude. She sings her own song. She counts herself as blessed, even when such hurt and suffering is part of her story. And we can learn from this, can't we? We can learn that that blessing and gratitude comes despite our age. Blessing and gratitude comes despite our gender, our experience, what we've done and where we've been. What matters is simply our obedience to our great God. We're going to pray. We're going to have a look at Mary's encounter with the angel her blessing from God, and we're going to wrap up with what we can learn from her attitude of gratitude. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your great love upon us, lavished upon us, Lord. And we just hope, we pray that you would open our eyes and our hearts to your word this morning. Amen. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, that's John the Baptist's mum, God, that's the creator of the universe, Sent an angel, that's one of his servants. Is that a bit much? We've got to keep it right, haven't we? To a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Luke has just set the scene for the birth of the Messiah. The Messiah, the Emmanuel, the Redeemer of the world. He was to be a Nazarene. He was to be of the descendant, a descendant of David and born to a virgin. All of this has already been established by the prophets of old. The only new information here that we're given this morning of any real significance is that this day has come. And that is significant, isn't it? This day has come and the woman that Jesus is to be born to, her name is Mary. To Mary this angel speaks, Greetings, you who are are highly favoured, the Lord is with you. What a lovely thing to say. I really do hope that Mary had her Santa list ready to go. Yeah. Hopefully she she obviously clearly rubbed the right lamp that morning and she's about to get the desires of her heart. I don't think so, but it's clear at least to Mary that God's blessing is not about necessarily getting what we want. It's not about the desires of our hearts, but the good news of being part of God's story. Have a look at her reply in verse 29. Mary was greatly troubled. Now, thinking about the stories of the prophets of old, you can understand that's a pretty appropriate response. At his words, and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid. Mary, you have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. Mary's response, her attitude, it's, it's laced with humility, as it should be. But not everybody has been like this in the Christmas story, for Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, in a similar situation some six months earlier, well, he, he interrogated Gabrielle. He, he argued and questioned, tested his patience, and ended up mute until the baby was born. Now, it's also worth mentioning that it's this angel who gives the names For both John and for Jesus, the names that they are to be called, because names matter, particularly in this culture. Names were powerful. They had a purpose and a meaning. For John, it means God is gracious. John the Baptist's message was one of repentance for sin, of God's grace coming in Jesus. And Jesus' name given by the angel Gabriel means God saves. For this baby to be born was to be for the salvation of us all. God saves. And it's this saviour in verse 32. He will be great and called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him a throne of his father David and will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Clearly this is a little bit more than a rot locker room pep talk. Clearly, it's special. It's powerful. It's kind of magisterial speak about Mary's child-to-be. And it's important for a couple of reasons. Firstly, there's something here you might not have noticed. Son of the Most High. Son of the Most High. In English, it seems like it's a matter of genealogy, doesn't it? Jesus will be God's son, as he will be. But these words, this phrase means something much more special. It means a carbon copy of. Jesus is to be a carbon copy of God. And secondly, the angel is affirming a thousand-year-old promise to King David, a promise to establish his eternal kingdom through his offspring. Surely at this point, Mary's head is spinning. But interestingly, the thing that she grabs hold of is not unbelief and doubt, like it was with Zechariah, or to say no and run away, like Jeremiah and many other prophets, but simply to ask, how will this be? How will this come about? How will this be, Mary asks the angel, since I am a virgin? Now, it's doubtful that she's doubting God's power. For those who doubt the angels tend to end up on their rear So we can only take this to be a simple questioning. How will this be? How will it come about? Now let's pause for a minute, remember who it is who's writing this story down for us. Now, who wrote the gospel according to Luke? Well, yeah, Luke did. That was the answer I was looking for. Luke did. Luke was a medical doctor. And he's writing all this down for us. So there can be no doubt that Luke knew how babies were born. He knew this story he was recording and writing was a miracle. He knew it was powerful, perplexing, probably difficult to, understand, difficult to receive. But we also know, as tradition holds, that Luke when interviewed these people, recorded down their history, their stories. So this is a first-hand account of what actually happened, recorded by a doctor. If Luke wanted to make this more palpable, more, more scientific, he could take out the miracles, couldn't he? But no, this is a miracle, for our God is a supernatural God. And we should have no doubt that the creator of the universe can put a child in a virgin's womb. So let's keep reading with faith in verse 35. The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. Two things here. Firstly, the pregnancy is a miracle, a true child of God. Secondly, none of this happens in isolation. God and the prophets have been speaking to this event Ever since Adam and Eve ate the apple, well, it wasn't an apple, thank you, Harry. Since they disobeyed God in the garden, this event has been foretold and spoken about over and over again. And and here we have a second miracle as well Elizabeth's pregnancy with John in her old age. And this is relevant, it's helpful because perhaps Mary would have even had more trouble being accepted by her family if it was in isolation. I mean, who would believe her? But here she is with Elizabeth, six months into her pregnancy, when it was said that she could not conceive. It is a confirmation and an encouragement, for no word from God will ever fail. Amen to this. And lastly, for our brief passage, Mary answers in verse 38. And this is where we're going to wrap up. She she says, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. Well, apart from the obvious, this story of Jesus' conception is clearly a miracle, isn't it? It's powerful. It's important. And it was also completely expected from a biblical historical context. But apart from these things, we can all learn something from Mary's raw and open faith. Now, of course, she's not worthy of our worship. Sorry, my Roman Catholic friends. But she is a fantastic example of the kinds of people that God uses, of how we should and must respond to the favour of God. And we see four things she was disadvantaged, she was inexperienced, she reasoned, and she was obedient. Firstly, Mary was disobedient. She was young and female. Now, of course, there's nothing wrong with being young or female, but speaking to the cultural context, young people, particularly women, had no power or influence. Not to mention that she's a, a woman, and to put women, a woman front and centre at the divine story, well, this is somewhat unusual at best. Now, you might say, well, that's because... Jesus needed to be born, and men can't have babies. Will I get cancelled for saying that? Except, of course, course with God, all things are possible. So technically speaking, with God, a man could have a baby, but I think that might make him a woman. I don't know, this is all too complicated. The point is, using a young woman here is actually very significant and encouraging. For women, matter. In fact, women are front and centre of the Gospel story. They are first at the tomb, is a woman, and last at the cross, is a woman. And we miss it in our cultural context, our culture of equality. But this is important. It's significant. Social standing matters not for God. God can and will use you. His blessing is not dependent on social standing or performance. His blessing is a gift, grace freely given secondly mary was inexperienced now it might surprise you in our cultural context that i've never had a baby whoops there i go again but i have walked with my wife when she had three babies and with no disrespect it clearly got easier as we went am i walking a fine line (laughs) on the edge But our Mary, she'd never done any of this before, didn't know what to expect, what she was getting into, yet she trusted God. She stepped in, she answered his call, regardless of her experience. And we can do the same. We must do the same. We can trust that if God calls us to do something, that he will also prepare us and prepare others around us. And it isn't just about the big things. If I had a dollar for every time we accidentally sung a song or prayed some prayers that fitted perfectly with the sermon or the sermon fitted perfectly with those things, well, then I may be a rich man. Regardless of our experience, if it is in our heart to glorify God, then God will be glorified. Thirdly, she didn't check her brain at the door. She reasoned she was inquisitive. We spoke about this last week. We spoke about how we don't check our brains at the door when it comes to prophetic voices and all of that. But like Mary, we must not say no to God. But we can say, how, God? How, God? How can this be? What is going to happen? We must be open, not cynical like Zechariah. The how is not, I won't. But it's a please, God, help my unbelief. And that's perfectly okay. Fourth thing is why she was obedient. And this is where the rubber hits the road. This is where we may struggle. What Gabrielle asked of Mary was big and the cost was bigger. Friends ridiculed her, husband nearly left her and she had to watch her son die on that cross. So, brothers and sisters, God's call is not easy. But joy always comes in the morning. Joy always comes in the morning. And yes, that's a reference to Jesus' birth. Christmas Day is tomorrow morning when we remember and celebrate the birth of our Saviour. If we are disadvantaged, inexperienced, inquisitive, as long as we are obedient, there are no exceptions to those who God can and will use. No class, no race. Nothing is required except our obedience. So be encouraged by Mary's story. Be encouraged by the story of Christmas and remember to please, 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 you say every opportunity, say Merry Christmas. Every chance you get, Merry Christmas. For we are truly blessed that Christ is the sacrifice. Christ dies for the sins of the whole world. And that is a great blessing upon us all. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Christmas. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your great love. Thank you that you are a blessing. Thank you that you came to save us. And we pray that we would be obedient to your call. And bless this Christmas with us, Lord Jesus. Amen.